okay, now I am sitting across. I, I, I love uh, Congress people who take the time to do things like this because it shows that you're really doing the service that people elected you to do and not just show up for votes. Thank you, Leslie. Uh, and, uh, but Congressman Paul Tonko is a fourth-term member of the U.S. House of Representatives. He currently represents New York's 20th Congressional District in the Capital Region, and that includes the cities of Albany, Schenectady, Troy, good friend of Troy, Saratoga Springs, and his hometown of Amsterdam. Absolutely. We are sitting steps from the Supreme Court where there were oral arguments today based on six words, really. Um, in a, what, 2,700-page piece of legislation. And if the Supreme Court rules in favor of the plaintiff, the working class will be hurt Absolutely. badly. We're talking about over 8 million people that would not be able to afford insurance. Many of them are from states where the governors did not sign on for the Medicaid expansion, so they have no alternative to be covered. First of all, Congressman, are, are the Democrats sitting there saying, you know, did the Republicans call four justices and say, take this case? One, I was really surprised they took this case. And two, that they did it before all of the courts had a chance to hear on it and rule on it. Even in, in D.C., they were in the middle of right. hearing arguments. Yeah, it does seem to be have somewhat of a political tone to it. But, you know, let's go back to the statement you made about, um, you know, fighting for the working families, the working class, the working poor um, and the poor. In a country of abundance like we have here, you know, I know that uh, many people have felt the pinch in the great, with the great many of us in the middle income community, but there are resources in this country and we have to make certain that we fairly distribute so that um, there are these opportunities for the right of health care to be implemented. It's not a privilege, it's a right. Mm -hmm. And the Affordable Care Act made that its mantra. And while... You know, I hear from some about improvements that could be made. The great many of people are against repeal. And for the Republican majority in the House of Representatives to continue to ask me and my colleagues to vote for repeal 56, 57, 58 times over is political theater. And it's costing taxpayers for all the printing and all the time that's invested in this effort when we know it's going nowhere. It may pass the one house, we've had our theater, and that's it. Well, I believe that there are already those measurable improvements that have come with ACA, with the Affordable Care Act. We've got well over 10 million people enrolled, in insured in for health care purposes. That takes us to, I think, an historic low for the percent of the population uninsured or underinsured. That's a great statistic. We should be proud of that, all of us. Um, Beyond that, we've seen premiums drop between 70 and 75%. We have seen the lowest rise in health care costs in over 50 years. This is a monumental bit of progress. Now, are there reasons to, to fix what's out there known as the Affordable Care Act? Perhaps. You know, we should do bulk purchasing of pharmaceuticals for federal programs. That's an, an immense savings that we skipped over. Mm. Some of the tax credits that we have could be upped in the way that rather than allowing for 25 and fewer employees, raising that threshold to 50 or fewer yeah. so many more businesses would qualify, stretching the number of years that the, the credit is available, right. all of those things would be a great jump start. There will be an early um, assistance to getting uh, people into the system. But, you know, I shudder to think what happens if they rule with the plaintiffs. You know, as they hear this case, 
I am hoping that a moral compass accompanies their ability to gather the truth and facts. We can't afford myth here. Mm -hmm. We can't afford hearsay. It has to be based in truth and justice. And I think the Affordable Care Act, I'm hoping, will um, endure uh, during this uh, hearing, during this uh, um, review of the uh, Affordable Care Act. As they hear this case, uh, I'm hopeful that they will understand that, if not stated, definitely implied that the tax credits were available across the country for those who qualified, whether it's a federally uh, designed uh, exchange or an individual state exchange. Hmm. And I think that uh, the justice should bear in that direction. Uh, based on some of the questions that Justice Kennedy asked today, uh, there are people that say it's kind of a foreshadowing that, you know, it may be come out to be a 5-4 decision. I mean, everybody, you know, tries to, you know, make a decision. Some people say they think it's going to come down to 6-3. Uh, we certainly don't know, but we can assume who the four justices were that wanted this case. Uh, are, are your fellow uh, your fellow Democrats, first of all, uh, confident, uh, those that you talk to in the House and even those that you talk to in the Senate, uh, that the Supreme Court will side with the government as opposed to the plaintiffs? Well, there's a mixed review. Um, you know, people think back to cases like the Citizens United case, right. which I think rendered the court uh, as politicians dressed in black robes. I'm with you. And it was, was a tragic outcome. I was wondering if somebody was paying them, quite frankly. Yeah, it, it's a tragic outcome. So with a record like that, which is hit and miss, there is a concern by some that this won't go the way it should, it needs to. Uh, but many are confident that, you know, there's only one way to read this, and that exchanges, or the, excuse me, insu the insurers, insured that don't have the economic means would get um, help through these credits. And I think it's pretty clear that was the intention here. Um, in terms of the Republicans being confident, you know, the same reasons. They would know that, that there are some cases that many, and it's, I'm not just interpreting this, many, um, you know, articles across the country with uh, uh, sound names with great intellect had reviewed that and said, wow, this is just a political yes. uh, outcome. So hopefully we will see justice uh, ensured here. And uh, we'll go forward with uh, the soundness of it all. If it doesn't work, we'll probably see between 8 and 9 million people knocked off the rolls. We'll see premiums, uh, it's forecasted, could go up from anywhere from 40 to 45%. And you'll see that whole dreadful notion of pre-existing condition rear its ugly head again. And, you know, when it, it was amazing, myself included, people, when we heard that pre-existing condition thing, you would think of chronic situations, you know, a cancer survivor who requires great resources to stay alive and stay in remission, uh, post-stroke victims, high blood pressure, which is a chronic need for medication. Um, but it's beyond that. It's toddler acne. Babies you know, born with, with something genetic that yeah. predisposed to. So, I a mean, pregnant woman yes. as a pre-existing condition. Yes. You know, on. You, know you just can't cavalier be cavalier in the attempt to just discredit people for the right of insurance so that's where this this affordable care act was so monumentally important you were finding some of the barriers to insurance access to insurance uh, finally taken uh, out of the uh, the path of individuals 
uh, you are finding uh, premiums that are more more affordable uh, and an economic assistance if you, that still wasn't enough. I always said I, I felt it was the right thing to do if we saved one life, and mm-hmm. we know that many more uh, were oh, saved. Absolutely, uh, and it, and an emphasis too. I would say, Leslie, on prevention and wellness. Absolutely. So, My husband's an orthopedic surgeon, and okay. we, we talk about that all the time. Prevention is key. Uh, we're not just clogging our emergency rooms, and don't. We're getting to the point we're not going to have enough medical personnel to handle the flow. Uh, certainly, that's a burden on the health of our nation and the health of the people of our nation. But you know the f- economics, uh, you know, obviously, which is the the need for this. Uh, with regard to Republicans, in regard to this, does it cut along party lines entirely, or do you have some Republicans that aren't part of the Tea Party faction of the GOP? Maybe some of the old school or more moderate or left-leaning Republicans, if there are, I think a few in there. Um, it, it does this go along party line, or are some Republicans secretly hoping? I say this because I think it's political suicide for Republicans come with the next election in 2016 if they have thousands of people in the states that are uninsured. Well, I would like to think that it's it's kind of uh, across the board mixed, but there's been a heavy political line here. Um, because the messaging to them, you know, those who would in their heart know that you need this kind of legislation at least wax in a way that said, look, we're for repeal, but we need to replace. But nobody's come up with that replacement right. exactly. scorecard. What is it going to look right. like? What's, what's it going to do? No one's prepared that. You know, and you, you couple that with the fact that we're the last industrialized nation in the world yes. to come up with guaranteed health care. Yeah. You know, what do we not know that the rest of the world knows? And that's a tragic statement on our behalf as a society that prides itself in being cutting edge. We're the leaders of the world in many capacities. And, you know, we tout that fact and we're proud of it. Why are we not good to ourselves? You know, so, you know, that's important to do. And also to compliment, I think, you know, we're serving uh, someone told me on a show earlier today that that the, the justice a justice who was quizzed about well what happens if this if you re, if you side with the plaintiff and and all these people are knocked off the rolls he said congress can fix it in this climate do we see what's happening we can't fund a department of homeland security to fight terrorism when we see it in the news every night and we played games with that for months and finally the democrats had them against the wall and they had to is it frustrating for you as a congressperson it's, not it, being able to, to to go forward with things that really need to be addressed? I mean, whether it's immigration reform, um, you know, and, and, and maybe providing more money in the future to Homeland Security so that more Secret Service agents can be hired, more Border Patrol agents can be hired. Um, you know, perhaps there could be more um, working together with the CIA, FBI, and Homeland Security so that we can thwart more of these terrorist attacks as ISIS continues to make such terrible threats on an international level. Uh, I, I mean, especially especially just the constant challenges to the Affordable Care Act, you know, and this, which I hope will be the final challenge. I hope the Supreme Court rules with the government and, right. and, and it'll be enough already. Well, you know, I think in the case of DHS, we were all we were all made aware that the Republican leadership cannot manage. They just can't manage. And, you know, it took all the Democrats in the House to support DHS, and we picked up a handful uh, of uh, I think it was a minority of Republicans to get it passed. Yeah. So that hopefully will serve as a lesson. It will instruct us that we can do this if we work together. But, you know, I look at all this talk of 
not investing in America, well, they'll call it spending, but where you spend and have lucrative dividends, I think it's an investment. Well, whether you call it or spending or investing, they don't do this because government's an evil force. It's, a, it's too big. It's, have you documented that? Because we've declined in our effort to invest in domestic programs. We have no problem spending on war but in the trillions, but we're not investing in our own people. That is, that is warped logic. And accompanying the Affordable Care Act, and we hope we win this case before the Supreme Court, accompanying that should be a sound investment in, in medical research. Mm. Yes. You know, you ask me if I get frustrated. Look, the frustration for me as an engineer serving in politics on the Hill in Washington is that I firmly believe we need to plan any sound arena plans, and they routinely update that plan, and they constantly implement it. And so without a plan, you know, this Band-Aid approach to health care, what a waste of resources. You'll have people back in emergency rooms yeah, using that as a primary care at access. You'll have, you know, a dumbing down of the process. You'll have pre-existing conditions returning, and people will not, you're right, there will be a revolution. People will not settle for that taken away from them. Senior citizens have prospered by the fact that we're closing the donut hole yes. on medical needs, on pharmaceutical needs. We're going to come to that closure, full closure, by 2020 if we stay on course. They've already tasted some of that success. You know, if you're an elderly person living on a fixed income or living month to month on no pension but a Social Security, and you're staying alive with medications as you fight your cancer mm -hmm. or, you know, have to have your high blood, have your blood pressure monitored and, and steadied, they're not going to settle for this. They're going to understand now Especially because pharmaceutical companies keep upping rates and you need, you know, so you need somebody, exactly. something to be in the gap. And this legislation does that for people, yeah. uh, whether it's the price of insurance or, like you said, for prescriptions. And also with the elderly, Medicare covers 80 percent. You've got to get secondary insurance. The rates are only going to go up yeah. if this, in Absolutely. fact, goes the you bad know, way in favor of the plaintiffs. Leslie, you mentioned some of the states where they refuse to expand their Medicaid yes. eligibility. Ironically, those are states that have the most need. Yes. And, you know, I wouldn't want to Southeast. be that governor when quizzed about, like, I paid my federal taxes, and what did I get for that? Oh, that would be zero. Right. What are people thinking? You're investing into a system and you're not drawing down. And if it's stubbornness or ignorance, I don't know what you label it as, but you're denying the people for whom you speak, the people you represent, you're denying them access. And, and even in states like New Jersey with Chris Christie, um, you know, or in Florida, we had governors who were against the Affordable Care Act, but at the end of the day, they had their hand out for that check and were ready to sign up for the Medicaid expansion yeah. uh, because they could see that it was a benefit. They're right. not going to want to give that money back. You know, right. what are they? What are they? And what are they going to do in the states that you have more of a Republican governor? But they were willing to sign on and saw the merit of this. It's like you said, it's going to be a nightmare. I'm told there's inordinate need in the state of Texas. Yes. You've got childhood poverty and all. Yes. You know, and I'm not coming down on any one state, but just as an example, there are states out there that have huge need for yeah. their people. And to just politically posture and not do the right thing, I don't even know if it's a popular thing. After a while, I would think people become suspect of your desire to be popular by playing off of what's good for them right. and just instilling hardship. Yeah. Congressman, thank you for taking the time. They're My pleasure, Leslie. Lovely.
It's time to discover the world with your loved one. Turkish Airlines Fly Festival has begun. This Valentine's Day, you can enjoy 10% off in economy class and 15% off in business class for every two tickets you get. Book your flight with Turkish Airlines until the 14th of February and fly with the special fares of Turkish Airlines. For details, visit TurkishAirlines.com. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse! Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery.